The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Shout hallelujah. Because he is. For those attending the God Ring Again service for the first time, don't wait. The river is flowing. Just release your faith and plug it, and God will heal you. You, you heard the story of, of um, uh, um, uh, the grandmother came out. It was praise chain. Some people say, okay, praise chain, they are just praising. Okay, you know? And God healed her of thrombosis. What was that? (laughs) But listen, it really doesn't matter. By the wounds of Jesus, we were healed. So every thrombosis or whatever that the doctors don't even know, they are going to be buried in this place today. In the mighty name of Jesus. So don't wait. Don't wait. God works in us instantly, silently, and and completely. Don't wait for razzmatazz. God's hand is upon you already. So keep your focus on Jesus. We welcome the internet church. Those joining us over the internet. There are people all over the world. Um... We, we, right now, as we speak, the church in South Africa in Cape Town, they are live in this service. You guys, God will stretch forth his hands and touch you. GFH Cape Town. And um, GFH Bejuleki is physically here. Uh, um, anyway, we are one big happy family. Let's give Jesus a big, 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 big round of applause. You know, today, my assignment is very straightforward and simple. It's the Holy Ghost that will do the heavy lifting. We'll be talking about the God of miracles. The God of miracles. I'm going to dive straight into it. And if you're writing, you need to write very fast. If you're listening, you need to pay attention. Because God's word is coming to you today. 
There are three spheres of miracles. Jesus, God, mainly. There are other de de derivatives, though. I mean, and combinations and, and variations. But there are three main spheres of miracles. When, when God does miracles, sometimes God does miracles with, with nature. With nature. God, in the Bible, has caused the earth to open his mouth and swallowed up those enemies. The earth will open his mouth and swallow up all the enemies of your destinies yeah. in the mighty name of Jesus. God has fought with wind. He has fought with hail. He has fought with fire. He's fought with, he does miracles with nature. Secondly, God does miracles with things, inanimate things. Jesus fed 5,000 people. In Matthew 14, 13 to 21, Jesus fed 5,000 people. Bread, loaf, multiplied, 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 multiplied. I know a man of God that he didn't have any money and his wife said to him, Real life story. His wife said to him, the soup is going to finish and there's no money. Solid man of God. And he went to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit said, let your wife not look inside the pot. Let her just be dishing the, the food. So for weeks, Bokoto was coming out. <laughs> You see, all sorts. <laughs> but human beings, one day the wife said, ah, she opened it, it was empty, and that was the end of it. God will help our woman. <laughs> see, what is this sign? Jesus multiplied five loaves and, and um, three fishes, if I understand well. He does miracle with people, with people. In the case of Lazarus in John, in John 11, 41, Lazarus was in the grave and Jesus came to the graveside. Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was not only dead, by that time he had begun to rot. That is the most Apparently impossible thing for any human being to reverse. Death. And Jesus stood by the grave of Lazarus. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says, he that was dead came back to life. I don't know what the situation is today. At least you are not dead yet. The Lazarus will come forth. And God's name will be glorified. And many times, we may be going through a tough time. And we are wondering, where is God? Like the psalmist, we are like, God, have you abandoned me? In Psalm 77, from verse 4, the, the, the word of God says, you, you don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. You know, the trouble can be too much. You, you can't even pray. He says, I think of the good old days. 
Long since ended. He says, when my nightmares were filled with joyful songs, I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. How the Lord rejected, as the Lord rejected me forever. Will he never again be kind to me? Is this unfailing love gone forever? Now, he asked a question that is so profound. He says, as, as his promises permanently fail, and you may be in that place, and you're like, God, I am hearing all these testimonies. I'm, I'm, I've seen things that are happening in, my life, in people's lives. I mean, and I can't even rejoice as your testimony failed. Oh, God. And, and in 9, verse 9, he says, Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door of compassion? He says, I said, This is my fate. Let me accept my lot. The most high has turned his hand against me. But, there was a but. But then I recall all you have done, oh Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot even stop thinking about them. Oh God, look at the look at the switch. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders and miracles. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. By your strong arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. That's verse 15. You see, when we focus on our problems, interestingly, what you focus on becomes magnified. The problem becomes huge. And like the psalmist, you know, when I read this, you know, I was like, you know, you mean these people went through this also? This was Asaph, the great psalmist. He says, he says, but, and I'm praying, that but that brought the turning point in his life, in your life, the but we start today. The end of confusion and the beginning of direction. It says, but I looked at your goodness. I looked, and the story changed. And that's a drastic change of story. Just in one chapter. In this current chapter of your life, your story will change drastically. So as you change your focus to God, he swallows up your problems. Today, change your focus to God. As you change your focus to God, God swallows up your problem. Don't really bother yourself what the enemy is saying or what the enemy has planned. Or what the, listen, everyone, if you, everyone that would be great, check, would have a lot of opposition. Everyone. So the fact that you have huge opposition is proof that you are going to be great. You're going to be great. Everyone will have, if, if I tell you stories upon stories, 
huge oppositions. But guess what? I have been young, and now I am old. Yet, I've not seen the writers forsaken, nor is seed baked bread. Regardless of the plans of the enemy, the enemy will say, oh, we're going to sink him. We're going to sink her. We're going to sink her marriage. We're going to sink his marriage. We're going to sink her finances. We're going to frustrate the children. We're going to, listen, this is not the first time. The ones that said it before, what happened to them? Let me show you. In Exodus chapter 15, Exodus, Exodus 15, verse 9. Exodus 59. The word of God says that the enemy boasted. Exodus 15 from verse 9. You need to go back. The enemy boasted. I will chase them and catch up with them. I will plunder them and consume them. I will flash my sword. My powerful hand will destroy them. Verse 10. It says, but you blew with your breath and the sea covered the enemy. It says, they sank like lead in the mighty ocean. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the most high God. Every force that followed you in air will sink today. In the name of Jesus it's huge. And one way that our God distinguishes himself is by performing great miracles and wonders. That's one way he sets himself, himself apart. In Exodus 5, 11, that they brought up earlier on, Exodus 15, 11, sorry, he says, who is like unto you, O God, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, you are always doing wonders. God has not gone on vacation for one day before. He's always doing wonders. Always. Always. And for, for some of us, we are wondering, when will the wonders start in my life? Well, I'm here to announce to you it has started. For some of us, we are go we've gone through a good chapter and we are like, well, maybe this thing will soon come to an end. Listen, listen. His mercies are new every morning. There is always more in God. There's always more in God. There's always more in God. Always. And sometimes when God does something, you know, the enemy too tries to to copy and follow suit. So, for instance, the case of Moses, the Moses threw down his, his sword, uh, sorry, his rod, and it became a serpent. Guess what the enemy did? They, they threw down their sword. Uh, sorry, their rods. <laughs> and it became serpent. So you would think, oh, Moses has one serpent. The enemy has a lot of serpents. Guess what happened? The serpent of Moses swallowed up all the serpents of the enemy. The power of God in your life today is going to consume all your adversaries yeah. in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Now, and, and some of us, you know, uh, some of us, we are like, I really don't have enemies like that, Pastor. Okay, it's fine. The ones you will have in future. God will consume them. 
believe me, I've, in this life, I've seen a lot of things. I've come full circle from being a Christian that used to think, just leave the devil alone. He will leave you alone. Then I saw where, then I'm like, ah, why is this happening? Then I realized the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Then I learned to be violent. Then I crushed the enemy. You will crush the enemy. In the name of Jesus. And God is so powerful. He's all powerful. No one can stop him. God is, his all power belongs to God. The true God spoke. Psalm 62 verse 11. He says, once God has spoken, twice have I heard. Power belongs to God. The true God I've spoken. I have heard it twice. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to who? Power belongs to who? Power belongs to God. And it's, 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 it is, you need to realize this. You see, growing up, when you're in real trouble, and my mom calls you three times, and she says, how many times did I call you? <laughs> that is... Uh, you begin to move back. <laughs> because supernatural can just happen. <laughs> then there are other times that when they call you, you don't answer. You know, as a child, sometimes you, you are busy. You know, you are just very busy. I don't know why these adults are just disturbing us. And you don't answer the well, my mom calls you, you don't answer. She will just come behind you and try. Then she will call you again. You will hear twice. <laughs> I, te- I kid you not. You are going to hear, Femi, Femi, Femi. <laughs> Everyone that God has said, leave my son alone and leave my daughter alone. And they didn't hear once. God, we need to slap them. So that they can hear it twice. <laughs> that power belongs to who? God. To God. God loves us so much. We are so special to God. That even the, the air on our head are not just counted. They are numbered. They are numbered. They are numbered. So, if you hold this one, they will tell you it's number 3,555. If you hold this one, they say it's number... They know, it, is, it is not... Listen, that is how detailed your God is for your life. God knows... Is it in the Bible? Of course. Luke 12, 7. It says, And the very air of your head are all what? All numbered. All numbered. Even if you are losing air, don't worry. God knows the number of the ones that are left. <laughs> they are. <laughs> don't worry. They are all numbered. 
You know, we, we belong to the, the, this earth. We belong to a, gal- a, a galaxy called the Milky Way galaxy. And there are stars, you know, in the galaxy. And in our galaxy alone, there are galaxies in the universe. In our galaxy alone, there are 300 billion stars. How many billion? 300 billion. And, and I checked, and I, and, I, and I wanted to know how many, how many stars are there in the whole universe. And I went to science journals and research papers and Googled this and Googled that. And, 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 and scientists tell us that they can't say the number of stars in the whole universe, but they can say the number of stars in the observable universe, the one they can still see, that they are still discovering every day. In fact, right now, they are talking about multiverse. In the observable universe, guess what? There are 70 billion trillion stars in the observable universe. Now, that's huge. Look at that number. If they just put dollars in it for me, that would be a lot. I'll be able to do many things for Jesus. (laughs) Guess what? The scientists don't know the number. God knows the number. I need to know this God we are talking about. The scientists, put it up please, again. The scientists don't know the number, God knows the number. But beyond that, you know what? God does not just know the number. God knows their names. <laughs> 70 billion, trillion? You say, pastor, how do you know God knows their names? It's in the Bible, Isaiah 40. Verse 26, Isaiah 40, 26, he says, look up unto the heavens who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army. One after the other, calling each one by name. Calling each one. And so, what is that thing that he cannot do? What is that thing that is too, is, too, is too great for him? What is that thing that you think that is beyond God? What is that thing? Is the God of all flesh. Nothing. It's, I mean, if you, if you come to this realization, you will discover that nothing can stop God. When God moves in your life, nothing can stop him. And today is your day. God is moving in your hands already. You need to pray for me. My palms are getting very hot. Trying to manage it. But... Let's go on. To come into 
what God has to experience the miracle of God. I want to talk about three things. Now, these three things may obviously appear simple. May appear simple. But when you engage them, Miracles will break out in your lives. What are the three things? Number one, believe. 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 Just, just believe. In, in John chapter 4, verse 20, from verse 23, it says, but this time, the time is coming. Indeed, is here when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He says, the Father is looking for those who will worship him this way. For God is a spirit. You can only connect to a spirit through the spirit. So, you cannot... You, you cannot, sometimes we want to rationalize God. You can't rationalize God. God has given you a brain, yes. God has given me a brain, yes. But God is bigger than your brain. And it's bigger than my brain. Sometimes we, we, we are like, is it true? Is that so? You know what, we, we shared the example of the pastor, the man of God that's, Told his wife to just be dishing soup, you know, I mean, and all that. I know some of you are like, Pastor, I wish what? Why didn't they keep the sample of the food so that we can put it in a museum? You see, one thing I've learned, I'm also educated, but I know when to put my education aside. And step into the miraculous. Praise the name of the Lord. And it's not necessarily conflicting. It's just in how we have been trained to reason. As a pastor also, I mean, I struggle with, with this sometimes. I mean, I used to struggle a lot. I struggle less these days. I still struggle sometimes. But I struggle less. There was a time we had a service. And I was ministering, I was ministering, I was ministering. And the Holy Spirit said, there was a woman that had described the issue. And I said it. And you know, when I said it, I was like, ah. So I moved on. Then the woman came to my office. And she was, she was like, oh, pastor, this is it. You, God has done this. I've been to the hospital. And you know, they've confirmed it. This is, I've been carrying this for this number of years. I don't remember. God has healed me, honestly, in my mind. At the time. I was like, all these people, is she sure? I was the pastor. <laughs> so I was suggesting to her to, that, uh, you know, why don't you take, get a second opinion? Then she changed her face. I said, were you the one carrying the pain? 
The pain has gone. I've gone to the hospital. They can't find any trace. Your sister, I said, Madam, and I had to repent before God. <laughs> I said, God, have mercy upon me. Put me of little faith. The point is that a lot of these things, you can't explain them. You heard the lady that he, the husband had it, an issue. The, the, it is unexplainable. She's gone to medical sciences. There's nothing we can do. And God told her, get this guy's jacket. And she called me, says, my jacket. Hey, I, I have a couple, you know, can have it. I did, honestly, I don't know the details of what happened. But God healed the man. I have learned not to worry for God. Many of us, we want to, I've learned to just stay in my place and let God do his own. Do my own and just go to sleep. Just believe. Can this thing be? Can I still marry? Can I still have a child? Can I still prosper financially? Can I still become the head and not the tail? Believe. Believe. Fundamentally, actually, there's nothing wrong with logic, fundamentally, actually. Because, you know, there's really, it depends on where you're reasoning from. Some very great men of God are, are very intelligent people. Very, very, very intelligent people. You know, I can hold this. Yes, Lewis, genius. Wesley brothers, their school results, flawless. We can even come to our own country. Pastor Adeboe, PhD, mathematics. Pastor Kumuyi, mathematics also. Our own Reverend colleague, genius. So, you, you, don't, you see, God doesn't have a problem with your brain. God has a problem with anything you don't submit to him, including your brain. That's where the problem comes from. So, logic based on only facts is limiting. It's limiting. When logic is based on facts, it's limiting. But when it is based on the word of God, it is limitless. And, and when, when your faith is unleashed, your story can be rewritten. When people say, oh, there's no way, <laughs> just laugh. There would be a way. There's a way. When people say, oh, oh the economic uh, uh, outlook is, is this and that and this and that. And, well, it can be this and that and this and that. When men are saying there's a casting down, I will say there's a lifting up. <laughs> are you denier? No. I'm just bringing a superior power to be that is stronger than the economics of the nation. Hebrews 11.6 says it is impossible to please God without faith. The reason I'm saying this is that, look, the issue of believing God is so fundamental that you can't even get anything from God if you don't believe God. You have to believe God. As you hear his word, faith is birth. You know what I've discovered? I've discovered that life 
has a lot of uncertainties. And in life, uncertainty is unavoidable. But doubting is a choice. I go through seasons of uncertainties. But if I'm going to doubt God, it's in my hands. I go through seasons I don't understand what is going on. But if I'm going to trust God or doubt God, whose hand is it in? It's in my hands. And there are a lot of people, they are unbelieving believers. They are believers, but they don't believe. <laughs> so they are unbelieving believers. The first thing is to believe. The second thing, very quickly, is to obey. Obey. Everybody say obey. It's to obey. Once you believe, the next thing is to obey. In John 9, 1 to 7, you're writing. John 9, 1 to 7, there was a blind man. Jesus being mud, put it in his eyes. And Jesus said to the man, go and wash. Blind man, go and wash. The man just obeyed. He just left. I mean, it, it, many people will argue. Many people will just obey. In 2 Kings 5, 1 to 19, the story of Naaman. Naaman was a general. He came to Elisha. And Elisha said to him, Elisha did not even come out of his office, his house. He just sent a message to Naaman. Go and wash in, in Jordan. Dip yourself seven times and you'll be fine. And Naaman was insulted, felt insulted initially and said, ah, it did not even come out. It did not even come out to see me. I thought he would shake himself. He would say, Google, 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 Google. <laughs> I thought, I thought he, would, he would do some razzmatazz and, you know, and uh, then he would smite the place. I command the lep, lep, uh, leprosy to go. But eventually, because of counsel, he decided to obey and he was healed. Listen, if he did not obey, who is going to carry leprosy? His name man now. If he decides to get angry and bring all his army to fight Elijah, who is going to lose? He's going to die in the battle. So there's no point. Going against God. Just obey. Just what? Just obey. There's no value. Personally, I mean, honestly, I've, I've seen some things that is, doesn't make sense. Honestly to me. A lady had a huge demonic case. Now listen, she's online right now. And she sent me a text message. And I sent a prayer back to her in as text. She said when she read the prayer, the power of God hit her. She fell on the floor. The people in the house, she, the demons flew out. And she was like, she was now calling me. She was, 
you know, I see somebody that is just, you know what has happened to me just now? Listen, you can't put box, God in the box. Oh, pastor must come. He must do this. He must do that. No. You do what God has asked you to do. And his miracles will flow in your life. Do I get an amen? Amen. So, (laughs) many times, we don't obey God. And you need to get this. You know, we we were having a a, a worship session, some ministers, and God was saying to us, we've shared it repeatedly, that when you let go of what is in your hands, I will let go of what is in my hands. There were things I was holding on to that, that immediately I let go of it right there and there, that meeting. There are some of you, you are holding on to things and God is saying, let go of this. Why? So that I can let go of what is in my hands. And you're like, no, Lord. This is all I've known. I'm saying to you, will you obey God or will you keep arguing with God? For some of us, what is in the hand is a habit. You have a habit. It's a bad habit. You know it. God is saying, let it go. Let it go. Marijuana will kill you. Let it go. Or turn your brain. Let it go. There are things you are, God is saying, let it go. And he doesn't just say, let it go. He says, let it go because I want to release something into your hands. The more you are holding on to that thing, you cannot receive. The hand that is holding on something is like this. The hand that is receiving is like this. For some of us, it is, it is our lives. We, 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 we've held on to our lives for so long. God is saying, let it go. So that you can see all that I have for you. And we don't want to. A particular lifestyle, we need to let it go. Let it go. It could even be a, a, a miracle that God has done. Yesterday, God says, I want to do a new one today. And you're holding on to the one he did yesterday. Many times, what keeps us from today's miracles are yesterday's miracles. Many times, what keeps us from today's miracles are yesterday's miracles. Are you going to hold on to it? Or are you going to allow God to be to be God? We go through routines, and sometimes it's fine. In fact, many times routine is fine. But sometimes God wants to change your routine. Will you allow him to change your routine? You, spiritual growth, for instance, you can't grow spiritually without routine. Read your Bible, pray every day, if you want to grow. So we, we teach routines to grow spiritually. But you see, the problem is, once the routine becomes a routine, then you have to change the routine. Once the routine now becomes a routine, then you have to change the routine. 
Even when you go to, when you go to, when maybe you have a personal instructor, and you, and you go to, maybe you go to a gym or whatever, however you work out. I hope you work out. Ask your neighbor, do you work out? And, you know, the, the, instruct, the instructor is, um, is working on certain things and you are going through the same kind of exercises every time. After a while, initially, those exercises will be difficult. After a while, those exercises is like a piece of cake to you. The instructors will have to change the routine. And when they change the routine, you complain, oh, how can we do that old exercise? Because your muscle will have Many times, God is saying, move, do this, and you're holding on to, but this, is, this has worked yesterday. No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. You need to what? So many times, what keeps us from today's miracles are yesterday's miracles. You need to remain hungry. You need to remain Fresh before God. You need to remain hungry. At God's favorite house, in this church, as a church, we are hungry for more. Hungry. We are red hot hungry. Oh, Pastor, is it, are we, is it not enough? Have we not? Um, no, no, no. We, we have not even started. There's more to be done. <laughs> We are hungry. We want more of God's power. We want more of God's presence. We want more of God's spirit. Yes, I will say that. Ah, some people have half of what God is doing in people's lives in church. They will be happy. Oh. But we are not some people. This is God's favorite house. And we want more of God. Do I get an Amen. amen. Can I get an hungry amen? Yeah! <laughs> you know, you know, and you know, I, I read a quote somewhere, and, and, and it's so true by Arthur Kengdahl. It says that sometimes the greatest opposition of what God wants to do next is from those who were at the cutting edge of what God did last. So true. So true. As a pastor, I've seen this over and over and over again. But in God's favorite house, we at the cutting edge will remain fresh <laughs> and we will not be a hindrance to God in the mighty name of Jesus. Third thing you need to do, I will pull the curtain, is this. The first is to what? Believe. The second is to obey. The third is to initiate. Initiate. In John 9, 1 to 7 that we read, Jesus told a blind man, a blind man that he has covered his face with mud. Even if you could see before, the chances of seeing was bleak. He said to him, go and wash. How will he get there? The blind man uses this initiative. The blind man must have asked somebody, oh God, where is this river? He used this, he didn't say, People are just, they don't even have mercy. You know, sometimes you, you begin to idolize your, 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 your handicap. But God wants you to step out of your handicap and use your initiative. You have God's permission already. 
In Matthew chapter 14, 22 to 29, Peter saw Jesus coming on water. Jesus was walking on water. Everybody else said, it's a ghost. Even Peter initially said, it's a ghost. We are dead. A storm. Now the wind. Then the storm. Now, the, now a ghost. And Jesus said, it is me. Don't be, a, don't be afraid. That was what Jesus said. But Peter used his initiative. He initiated it. He said to Jesus, if it is you, tell me to come on water. And I can almost hear Thomas saying, Peter, Peter, let Oga come into this boat so that we can go. Maybe Bartholomew was trying to pull his dress. Peter, calm down, calm down. Don't step on that water. I'm telling you, don't, 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 don't try it. But Peter wouldn't listen. He said, if it is you, tell me to come. You see, many times we are sitting down waiting for a miracle. All we needed to do next is to initiate the miracle. Is to say to God, if it is you, tell me to step on this water. It's, it's 2 Kings, 2 Kings 13, 14 to 19. I mean, it's the story of King Jehoash. The, the prophet said to Jehoash, strike. Jehoash struck once, twice, three times and stopped. The prophet didn't tell Jehoash how many times he should strike. God sometimes wants you to use your brain. I told you there was nothing wrong with your brain. He wants you to use your initiative. So the prophet was angry. You should have struck like five or seven times. Who brought you up? In Judges chapter 10, 12 to 13, the word of God says that Joshua was in the middle of battle and it was getting dark. The sun was setting. You know what Joshua did? Joshua looked at the sun and said, Son, stand still. And the Bible says the sun stood still. The valley of Ajalon. Until he has finished his business. And the Bible, when I read it, and the Bible says that up until that time and up on the time of writing, there's not been a time that God akin to the voice of a man. And I smiled and I said to the Lord, you're going to add my own story. <laughs> and you're going to add your own story. <laughs> Joshua used his initiative and commanded the sun. The sun that is hundred times more bigger than the earth. Talkless, Joshua would be like a speck. And he said to the sun, stand still. Today, you will be commanding things to stand still. And they will be obeying you in the name of Jesus. God wants us to initiate. I was reading a book, Kenneth Hagin, years ago. I, I, I really didn't understand that part, you know, at the time. And he said, he was... With Jesus, Jesus came to him in person. How many people know Kenneth Hagin? Okay, most of you do. Jesus came to him in person. And Jesus was standing, he was here, and he was, they were talking. And what Jesus was saying was, was obviously important. Then all of a sudden, from nowhere, a monkey showed up in the middle of him and Jesus. And the monkey was making all sorts of nasty sound. And he was like, 
looking at Jesus that, and Jesus ignored the, donkey, the monkey completely. I, I was just talking as if the, the monkey didn't exist. Then, it was like, why is Jesus not chasing this monkey away? And he knew that he was missing out because Jesus did not stop talking. So he got irritated and said to the monkey, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And the monkey, tail between the legs, ran away. And he could hear Jesus again. And I said to Jesus, why did you allow that? Jesus said, you allowed it. It is not my job. You have been empowered. If you want the donkey to even sit on your head, it's your business. But how many people will say no mortal monkeys? <laughs> In the mighty name of Jesus. How many people will say I will believe God? Say I believe God. I obey God. And I initiate. Let's bow our hearts and bow our heads. If you don't let go of what is in your hands, God cannot let go of what is in his hands. Today, the story of your life is going to change. But for some of us, we are holding on to sin. We are holding on to our lives. You have never given your life to Jesus. Or you used to be born again. You're backsteading. You're saying, Pastor, I want to be a part of this. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, you're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to let go of what is in my hands so that I can receive what is in God's hands. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly. Now put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, God bless you. God bless you. Put it up over your head. God bless you. Over your head. Keep it up. God bless you, sir. Keep it up. God bless you, my brother. Keep it up. God bless you, my sister. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. At the overflow, keep the hands up. God bless you, sir. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. I'm, I'm going to pray with you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. That is me. God bless you right there. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my sister. Keep, keep the hands up. At the overflow, put up that hand. Keep it up. Keep it at that corner. God bless you. At this place, God bless you. Keep the hands up. We're going to slip a card in your hand. Once you have the card, you can put on that hand. But if you don't have the card, keep the hands up. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep, the, keep your hands up. I'm initiating my destiny change. God bless you. Keep the hands up. That is me, Pastor. God bless you. Pray with me. Keep the hands up. Pray with me. God bless you right there. Keep the hands up. That is me. Pray with me. Keep the hands up. Once you have the card, God bless you right there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Once you have the card for now, you can put on the hand. That is me. Pray with me, Pastor. God bless you right there. That is me. Over there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. That is me. Can you pray with me? Keep the hands up. That is me. I need to let go of what is in my hands. Addiction. God bless you right there. I need to let go of what is in my hands. Sins are my life so that I can receive what is in his hands. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. 
that is me. Let's talk to God. Let's talk to God. For those of us that have the card, I need you to rise on your feet and come to me here at the altar. The ushers are going to help you and are going to lead you. Thank you. God bless you for your courage. Get up. Get up and come. Get up and come. Thank you for your courage. The ushers are going to direct you. Thank you. Get up. I have the card. Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Get up. Get up. Get up and come. Come. You are coming to Jesus. You are not coming to any man. From the overflow, you are coming to Jesus. You are not coming to any man. Get up and come. Let the ushers help us. Let the ushers help us. Sometimes it can be tough. You know, you are, you are not sure. Goodbye, world. That is me. God bless you. And the overflow, keep coming. Keep coming. That's courage. Get up. Come. God bless you for your courage. Get up.
intensify in these lives and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord Jesus.